Welcome to the Watch Along Guide for Progressively Horrified, Episode 69. Here's some things you might want to know before you watch or listen to the episode. This week we are discussing the 1972 film Blackula. It is directed by William Crane and written by Juan Torres and Raymond Koenig. Our hosts rank this movie as spoopy, meaning it is not particularly scary. Some relevant triggers for this movie include several homophobic slurs, the N-word, blood and gore, potential gaslighting, hypnotism, and one racist-ass Dracula, as well as some general homophobia. After the music, we will be talking about the movie in full, so expect spoilers. And while you're here, if you can stop by our Patreon at progressivelyhorrified.patreon.com, you'll get extra episodes, all episodes a week early, and most importantly, You'll get to help us keep the lights on, and we'd appreciate that very much. Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about the 1972 classic that changed the face of horror, Blackula. I'm your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. First, they're here to invade your house and find queer content in all your favorite movies. My co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? How is it that the audio is simultaneously the best and worst part of this movie? Seventies soundtrack amazing audio mixing not that great yeah Uh, we'll we'll definitely get into that uh and we picked her up at the spooky crossroads of anime and sexy monster media it's co-host and comic artist emily martin how are you tonight emily um as a certified vampire aficionado uh this movie gets my seal of approval is that it it does accurately depict count dracula as racist and sexist yeah we can all agree on one thing about this movie and that's that dracula sucks um, I mean, he's got good fashion, but other than that, he's, he's a vampire. So he's a big old asshole. And we have a few <laughs> very special guests for you tonight. First, directly next to me, educator and co-creator of my two children, Alicia Whitley. How are you tonight, Alicia? I'm doing good. Fantastic. And next, one of the voices you'll know from the Talking Comics podcast and from a few other episodes of this podcast, the amazing Aaron Amos. Aaron, how are you? I am good, and I have words about the fashion. Words. There are so many words. Lots of words. and making his triumphant return after our episode about gremlins from the heart of kentucky comics writer sean Pryor. how are you tonight sean you know what Uh, i'm doing fantastic Uh, thank you for having me on the show um again um also i would like to say uh thank you for uh making me watch this movie for the first time since i was six years old and there are things in it now that i definitely more understand now however when the movie starts and the American International Pictures logo pops up. The first thing I said was two words. Fuck yes. I was ready. I was ready. The moment that logo came up, I was ready because I'm like, oh, we about to get some cheap ass horror tonight. Let's go. So because uh, when it comes to cheap movies, cheap and fast, American, American International Pictures used to be the kings of that. But, you know, seriously, between between them and Roger Corman. Zarkov and Roger Corman were the kings of that. So thank you for having me on so we could talk about Blackula. And, and just before we jump in, some real basics here. Blackula is in a lot of ways notable because it's one of the first horror movies both starring and directed by 
African-Americans. It is directed by William Crane, uh, who is one of the first, first black directors to actually get like a, you know, notable premiere like this. Um, and it, it's written by uh, Joan Torres and Raymond Koenig. And it stars William Marshall in the title role. And then you have Vanetta McGee and Denise Nicholas and a, a whole troop of, of supporting actors and actresses who uh, popped up in a lot of like real interesting things about the same time as this movie uh, from, William, from these same types of budget studios. God, William Marshall's voice sounds like what an arm around your waist feels like. <laughs> a welcome arm around yes. your waist. Yes. Yes. He, said, he sounds like he wears a cape. Yeah. Oh, wait. And he has so much fun with that cape. When he first puts that cape on, the delight he has. So, the first thought was bougie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. The, the IMDb uh, on this says an ancient African prince turned into a vampire, but Dracula himself finds himself in modern Los Angeles, which was a surprise to me because I went through this whole movie thinking it was New York. And I was like, well, I guess there was some Los Angeles stuff in there. It's just like just gritty streets and they run in and out of the subway a few times. Well, they they went to the port of Los Angeles that yeah. said in a big sign port of Los Angeles. Well, yeah. Dr. Gordon Thomas says he's with the Scientific Investigation Division. So I thought this was part of the science police and that this movie took place in Metropolis. Did not know <laughs> of what. I have... What? A lot of questions about the scientific investigation division, which just seems to be this one man and him just brown beating this police sergeant into doing whatever he wants. Yeah, Dr. Gordon Thomas, parentheses, not a cop. Yeah. (laughs) So I know a lot of people have uh, history with this movie. Uh, What's what's everybody's history with watching Blackula? I mean, this was my first time saying this. I, I know it by reputation, but... It's the first time actually sitting down and watching it. Yeah, this was my first time watching it. So I guess the closest I've come was Venture Brothers with Jefferson Twilight, the Blackula Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't actually seen that. I completely um, forgot about that. But I, yeah, again, I, I only knew Blackula from Reputation. I hadn't actually seen it before. I would swear on my life that I had seen this movie before, but didn't recognize a single frame of this movie as it was playing. So I don't know if that means I have seen it and I repressed it, or I just knew it by reputation so much that I convinced myself that I'd seen it. Honestly, it doesn't matter in the end. The results were the same. I'm not not sure. I I saw this movie with my mom on a Saturday afternoon, just on, on TV when I was six years old. Um, you know, this is, you know, cable's not a big thing yet. And so you just have like, you know, you just got your local TV channels, you know, UHF and VHF. And um, it was just a Saturday afternoon movie. And and like my mom was watching it. And I was like, well, the sun's out. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. I guess I can sit here and watch it with you. You know, and like my mom knows to this day still, I don't like scary movies, but I sat there and I was just enthralled the whole time, the whole time. And um you know, like I was, it was because it was just so weird. You know, it was just so, it was just so weird back then for me being six, like this is weird, but I can't stop watching it. And like the thing that got me was, you know, Blackula's voice, you know, the lead actor, um, William Marshall, like that voice is commanding. It com- you know, it commands a room when he, you know, when he does his thing, his voice just commands a room. His voice is fantastic. Um, and so um, being able to watch it now, this is the second time 
I've watched this movie ever. And, um, what, you know, watching it now and hearing that and hearing his voice, like, I wish there was a remastered version that had better audio for the, for the vocals. So you could really hear how crisp and enunciated his voice truly is like his voice is great. And, and like, and he, and he just eats up, he eats up the screen, eats up the screen every time he just chews up all the scenery all the time. Yeah, and I'm so, not sure at this point there's much they could do to make the sound any better because it's kind of like Aliens 3 where like that sound was recorded bad so there's not much they could do about it. Oh yeah, well, There is no background noise that isn't captured in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's an American international picture. You do it cheap, you do it fast. You know, that's it. That's all the, it ever is. That's the whole history of that studio. The noise that everyone's footsteps make in the final location of the movie where it's just this weird sci-fi bouncy sound where everyone goes. I was I was dying at any time anyone was walking in the like the finale of the movie. It's like bling, 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 bling. <laughs> there were a couple of points when I was thinking to myself, boy, some dramatic music would go really well here. But nope, stone silent. Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah, it sounds, all the sound sounds like it was recorded. Like the stuff in the castle sounds like it's recorded in a castle. Like, yeah. Actually, from this on location somewhere. It huh? sounds like they, a Star Trek lot it, with the, especially the castle with the like moving wall. It just looked like Star Trek <laughs> stage they, wall. As totally. far as I can tell, they did not have a boom mic, nor did they have a towel. Because holy shit, is William Marshall so sweaty in some of this? And the secretary in in the police station has the loudest shoes of anybody ever. It's like every time she walks, it's like. Like, oh, she's coming into the room, guys. Also, the character of Skillet is in this movie, and I don't know why. Okay, we got we, we got to talk about so, Skillet yeah, later. Yeah, but yeah. Alicia, you had well, you were, history stuff. On yeah, you here. had like a, a whole like rundown that you wanted to go through before we get to Skillet. But um, like Sean, I remember watching this as a kid with my dad. Um, and this was not at all ever horrifying to me. Um, I don't remember it being a scary movie as a kid. I also realized as we were watching it that I don't remember a lot of it. I only remember like bits and remembered bits and pieces of it. So that's where I'm coming at it from. Yeah. When, when you watch things as in, on TV with commercial breaks as a kid, you're like, uh, and I, I don't remember this whole part in the middle. I must have been doing something else. Probably I was playing with He-Man or something. Well, I, I was feeling tense, but then this mad, commercial but... for Honey Nut Cheerios happened. <laughs> <laughs> How I first saw Dune. Yeah. All right, so so let's talk about what actually happens in this movie. We can start at the at the beginning, literally hundreds of years before the, the rest of the movie, where we get to meet uh, Dracula. Who is, is I have questions. Okay, yeah. Is yeah. that Dracula? Does he say like "Hello, I'm Dracula"? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. All yeah. right, I missed that. And he's the one that gives the movie its name because he's like, "I'm gonna name you, curse you with my name. You're gonna be Blackula." So that's what I thought. I was like, "Was he Blackula at first?" No. Or is that just part no, that would have been a funny movie? Because like, yeah. he was like, think, Your black flesh will fall from your black bones, your black person, <laughs> and now you're a blackula. Like, I, I was <laughs> that's the I most fucked that his up. name was Blackula because he also sounds British. His name I was is like, Mama Walde. No, Mama Walde. Him. I thought, thought Dracula's Dracula. name was Blackula because he said, I mm-hmm. curse you with my name, Blackula. <laughs> So I thought. Oh. oh no 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 no! He was he was Dracula, but he was like since you Why black. Why is he British? I I, I don't know. Because he's European. 
Yeah, because once again, once again, American international pictures do not ask for clarity, do not ask for historical accuracy. You going to get what you get. Yeah. That's they that's they motto. I was you a know. little like peeved I, that it was like Mumualde and Luva from Africa somewhere. <laughs> but then I realized that Dracula was also from Europe somewhere. So I I let it go. That's yeah. That's so, I mean, everything involving yeah. Prince that his name is Mamu Walde, everything involving him being against the slave trade, all of that was entirely William Marshall just badgering the writers to do it to do better. Uh, yeah, I, I watched the whole interview with him, and like pretty much he came up with the idea that the character was an African prince. He came up with that the character was there to like try to be against slavery. Apparently. When he first got the script, the original name for the character was Andrew Brown, as in the same <laughs> fucking character's name from Amos and Andy. And he was wow. like, no, not doing Whoa. this. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, wow. Where where was that interview that you uh, saw? It was on like, uh, it was from 1991. It was like a cable access LA celebrity interview show that I found the whole, the full episode on YouTube. Oh, cool. It's, and it's on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out on YouTube, listener. Because that yeah. sounds fantastic. Yeah, so pretty much everything overtly political in the movie is pretty much William Marshall doing it, which is why it comes through really strong in his character. And then the rest of the movie is really doesn't have much interest in exploring nope. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's this first scene is like he shows up to talk to Dracula and is like, hey, Dracula, I really want you to support me on this, like getting rid of the slave trade and stuff. And Dracula's like, why? First of all, fuck you. Second of all, I think you're. I love wife. slaves, and I want to take your wife as a slave. And it's he's like, like, no, you can't be serious. And he was like, I did remember that from childhood. Are you ill? <laughs> yeah, Mama Walde, he he took that class. Like, he, he was like, uh, actually, it's a real yeah. compliment. He actually said she's real pretty for a black chick. Like he said that, and he was yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Place. The racism just jumping off of Dracula. Yeah, he is unabashed. Um, yeah. And and let us not forget, he said like uh, when um, you know, when soon to be Blackula said, "This cognac is now is distasteful." Tasteful. As as distasteful you as your demeanor. So I'm sort of something to that as extent. I found God. this cognac as distasteful as your demeanor. I love that. When he when he said that, like I literally just got up to start a clap, and I was like, oh. I'm like, you chewing all this up. Continue. Continue. Yeah. That voice smoother than cognac. There's, a lot, of, there's yeah. a lot of questions to be had in this first scene, but my main one was why does Dracula need Victorian boy bodyguards? My main <laughs> question Because he's was, Dracula and he's a fucking creep. Like, they don't appear to be vampires. They're just no, like, they, they just look like Sebastian Shaw running in. Like, don't you remember Keanu Reeves? Like, he loves them twinks and he wants to keep all of them. Where was Mumu Luva's? bodyguard where was their entourage during all of this they probably got eaten why would you as an african prince during the height of the slave trade decide that you were just going to just go to a european castle with no one <laughs> no one there to help well you. there were people they did allude to people being there earlier i don't know if any okay. of them involved their entourage um you know but this is again it it's I feel like American International. I'm I'm digging a little too deep in the American National American International uh, tray 
here because mm-hmm. you know all the candy's on top and there's nothing else that i need they're all just rocks underneath it's, yeah it's yeah. just rocks and i'm like cool that's what keeps the candy up guys what's the thematic symbol in the brides of dracula not having any makeup on their hands so their hands are clearly still normal skin color while their faces make up. And they were green. Yeah. Like green, green. That's, what they, that's their vampires. You get green face and then your hands are just whatever. <laughs> Everybody but, but Dracula and Blackula get uh, green. weird green face paint when well, they, they become vampires. Because your thrall. Dracula was cursed with his name. And which... what is it with Dracula and giving people stupid names? <laughs> Alucard? Like, yeah. So... I mean, basically, he was like, help me with the slave trade. And then this white guy was like, no. And in fact, I'm going to imprison you and enslave you. And I'm going to take your name away and give you a stupid name that, you know, he would never use again. He never introduced himself to people as Blackula. He was like, that's not my name. That's my slave name. But also, I don't understand Dracula's like reason because he was like, I want your wife. And then he was like, just kidding. I'm going to lock her up here and let her die. Yeah, he didn't He's even, a creep. He didn't even take his wife. He was That's like, what I thought he was gonna I'm going to lock no. her in this dungeon so she can like listen to you scream from inside the coffin until she dies. Ah, Dracula's ah. motivation seems to be, I'm going to do a racism and then laugh. And that's the end and of the sec- plan. I mean, he's evil. He's like, this is the most evil Dracula I've seen Dracula be. Like, usually you have these Dracula stories. Like, the Blackula story is actually bittersweet. The Dracula story, I mean, there's Bram Stoker's Dracula. There's the original books, Bram Stoker. It is implied is still canon in Blackula. Because yeah. the, the realtor's mentions like, oh, yeah, Van Helsing totally killed him 150 years ago. No worries. Yeah. Touched any of his stuff in the 150 years since. It's got vampire dust so, on it. But let's like, talk about the sale of Dracula stuff. Can can we talk about Billy and Bobby, the yes. the antique uh, dealers that are here to buy all Dracula stuff? The interior and decorators. Interior decorators. Uh, I, I, need, I need I need Aaron to talk about their fashion. Please. Okay, first of all, let me let me roll back a little bit because okay. you can't convince yes. me that Mama Wally didn't walk right up out of Sears with that suit on because there was some interesting stitching on that suit <laughs> that was a little advanced. <laughs> For sixty or um, whatever, I'm just so. like, wait a second, is that a business shirt, like a button down you're wearing right there? I feel like that is maybe like Dockers or something going on. But, <laughs> I'm not really sure. but he comes out of the cup and he gets a cravat. And, you know, yeah, like, I, was, I was a little thrown by that, and I was like, okay, well, you when know, you become a vampire, you grow one. He came out. I feel exa- no, it wasn't a difference because I, okay. you know, I can't be hundred percent sure because I couldn't take my eyes off the cape. Uh, yes, yes. 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 Clearly. I, yes. I couldn't take my eyes off the cape. I was like, because apparently all African princes, you know, in the 1800s walked around with capes. Apparently that was a thing. I don't know. But all right. The gays. <laughs> when they walked on the scene and he slung that white purse over his shoulder, I was like, I am in. Let <laughs> me see what is happening next. Because I, this is entertaining. I was like, I don't know what the hell just happened back there. Two minutes ago, but this is entertaining in the most offensive way. Like so, it I was, really was. I was so upset when uh, the white guy cut himself opening the box of the crowbar because my first thought was like, "Oh no, that blood's ruining a perfectly good floral button down." <laughs> <laughs> no, also, all the way up the arm. Yeah, didn't rip the shirt at all. 
Yeah. Also, I'm gonna need Billy, the black guy in this couple. No, that was Bobby. Bobby's the black one. Bobby was Bobby. Nope. Okay. Bobby McCoy. Bobby. His name was Bobby yeah. McCoy. I'm gonna and- need Bobby to figure out how a fucking crowbar works. Because you don't just hit a lock with it like this. That's not how it works. You don't just, you don't just have the lock. Like his his boyfriend, on the other hand, is like, rip it open. I know so, how a crowbar works. Are they a couple? Yes. Okay. Yes. See, I yes. Like, they talked about having a him, guest bedroom that together. That's one of the biggest. Well, see, I couldn't tell if they were talking about their guest bedroom or because they're interior designers, they were talking about a guest bedroom of a house that they were working on. I think you're expecting too much of this. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I mean, for what much. it was, for what it was, I was shocked. Well, I was just so sad that like they were in two different funeral homes and like he was like, yeah. oh, well, the one guy is white. So we didn't get him in here. And I was like, so we don't get a lot of whites over we here. We don't get a yeah. lot of whites. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said it. I was like, wow. I really I, mean, I, I understand that they're offensive stereotypes, but they were also incredibly charismatic, especially uh, yeah, so Bobby, who was like, every yeah. time Bobby was on screen. He's just doing like little twirls. He's just he's like child. He's living for being on camera. Child, child. I mean, please. Yes, honey. They they (laughs) understood camp and knew how to be camp in a overall quite camp movie. For an overall quite camp movie, I felt like they were remarkably human. Yeah, I would would say, which made it real rough when after they died, the only way they referred to the rest of the movie is those f words. And yeah. it's like, whoa, rest of movie? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, this oh, movie uh, explicitly calls out where it's like the police are not investigating their murders because they are gay and police don't feel like solving that. Yeah, when they were introduced, like, I definitely had this brief moment where I knew, like, okay, the, the queer representation can't be that good in this movie. We're still in the 70s. But, man, did I hope this movie was, like, a fish out of water where it's like, oh, here's Blackula's like gay couple friends and they're going to like teach Mama Walde about like present day. It's queer eye for the Blackula, you know? I, so, I honestly, say, I honestly thought that's where we were going was I queer eye for the Blackula. I, I wish. Would. Oh my God. Hey. As, as funny as they were though, I don't think they were good negotiators because they negotiated down that deal by like 15% and then they signed the contract anyway before anyone ever made any changes to it. So I'm like, what did, what, what do you think is going to happen? Did you, should the attorneys look at that first before you sign that? Or oh, no? Oh, okay. No, okay. Not, not, right. not in American International picture, yeah, that's baby. We just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. We just keep it moving, he, baby. Didn't even, he didn't even like cross anything out. He's just like, oh, okay, we're, we'll sign it here and I guess you'll just hand back that 15%. What I want to know is how much they paid for the lamps that are apparently full of white phosphorus. I mean, they threw the lamps and everything was on fire. Yeah. But I think vampires are extra flammable unless they're blackula. I think we'll we'll get to that later because I have some things to say about the the fire in this bit. They do break blackula out and he immediately immediately uh, just murders murders both of them. Like he did. Goes for the white one first. He didn't even, he didn't even go. Wow, I, yeah. I really don't want to eat these people, but oh, I'm so hungry. I'm and you're bleeding. I ha- no. He was just like. Well, he was also tasty. bleeding. Wow. Can we talk about how this visually communicates when Mamu Walde vampire kill mode when he magically grows sideburns? Yeah, it looks like a werewolf. Vampire face. Yeah, yeah. Like unibrow as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his his vampire transformation is awfully werewolf transformation-y. 
and and, and then also there's a lot of Arr! when he when he becomes a where when he becomes a, a vampire too he gets a lot of Arr yeah he does going. does the Arr a lot because yeah. clearly it's hard to talk in those teeth and they weren't going to ADR it oh no <laughs> because there's a few points where he says very dramatic lines and sound like this they <laughs> <laughs> got teeth out. Listen, when you're a vampire, the, you know, when you get into your, your rage mode, it's, uh, you don't have to talk. It's all body language, baby. Yeah. So now Blackwood is free to wander around Los Angeles. And what does he do? Uh, he goes and hangs around the funeral parlor and watches the body of, of the, the black guy from the couple that he killed. So we get to meet the, the guy at the funeral home. And then we get to meet the three visitors that uh, Bobby of, has to come visit. One of his. whom, a vampire in her, talk about fashion. They're a morning Tina, fashion. Is, Tina, her name? Tina. Yes. yes. Tina. Tina's fashion is everything in every scene from the purple oh cape God. to the purple Mary yeah, Jane's. Blackwell usually has the second best cape in this movie because Tina's cape is phenomenal. Oh, what'd you say, Aaron? I, I, oh, yeah. she was, I thought she was normalized. I'm like, okay, I guess she's she's from Wakanda. I guess she's, I didn't know what was going on with that. Okay, I, I really did. She walks in. I'm like, at one point I thought it was actually her and she was showing up like looking for, like investigating like the signs of where Blackie would be. But I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, I thought maybe gonna, she was turned into a vampire yeah. as well and she survived, but she got out and he was nope. still trapped. No, where do you find that kind of morning sorceress in that thing? All in on nope, resurrections are real, and she's like, I have no questions about that. Well, they traveled oceans of time to be with each other, but honestly, everybody looked phenomenal. I was gonna say, everybody looked phenomenal. Um, everybody's hair was on point, everybody's outfits were amazing. Yeah, both Tina and her sister Michelle are always, oh, yeah, they're always gorgeous, they're always gorgeous, and then of course. Uh, Michelle's husband, Dr. Gordon Thomas, who will be our uh, vampire hunter for this movie. He's pretty Van Helsing in this movie. I really like Dr. Gordon Thomas. I liked him too. But Aaron, you were going to say something before. So two things. First, would we agree that from the point at which they entered modern times to the end, this movie took place over the course of a week? Yes. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a very compressed timeline. And then we get to the very end and like 30 vampires who we've never seen before show up. And I'm just like, when did you have time to do all of this, Mama Walde? Bobby was out there. Yeah, I think it was yep. Bobby because okay, he yeah. was using Delegation. that warehouse as his like yep. little lair and he was bringing you know boots home. You're right. That, that's good organization. He's got that princely like responsibilities. He knows how to delegate. That checks out. And was I the only one wondering which episodes of Good Times each one of those actors have been on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, but see, also <laughs> Denise Nichol, Denise Nicholas had been in a couple of uh, black sitcoms, like mm-hmm. uh, like I think she was in Baby I'm Back with uh, the gentleman that with the gentleman was, that played Lamont Sanford. Mm-hmm. Um, I was racking my mind. I was like, I and, know I've seen that. And then Denise Nichols, I think, was in Let's Do It Again with uh, Sidney Poitier. That's and, where. Uh, I- and oh. and the comedian that we can't talk about no more. Uh, you know, um, Kill Bosby, and um, and so uh, she was in that, and she was fantastic. And let's do it again. So seeing her in this movie, I was like, oh man, Denise Nicholas is so great. She's Gosh, so. Great. I loved that movie. Yeah. I used to watch both of those two movies with Sydney Poitier and some yeah. other places. You've <laughs> uh, seen this cast is uh, 
William Marshall uh, was in Star Trek, the original series. And Thalmas Rasulala, who plays Dr. Gordon Thomas, was in an episode of Star Trek Next Generation. I remember that. Oh, oh that guy was in everything. I'm sorry. I can't oh, imagine. Yeah. I don't remember a, a, a black sitcom in the 70s that he didn't appear on at some point. Oh, yeah. that brother, <laughs> yes, that brother trans- went through universes of black sitcoms. Oh, sitcom. my gosh. Everywhere. Yeah. He was yeah. everywhere. So he discovers that Tina looks a lot like his wife because they're played by the same actress. And, and he's like, <laughs> I'm just going to follow her around town for a while. That's not creepy. That's not weird. She thinks it is creepy for some reason. Uh, runs away from him, drops her purse, and then just keeps on running. I know. I was like, girl, your ID is in there. <laughs> yeah, where that's, she was upset about that, too. He's well, she immediately like, live. gets home and, like, locks the door. And then the next thing says, like, and he's got my keys. And, but how did she get out of the apartment? How, the keys she turned the that, to the that's key the other- in the Thing. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the only other thing is that this woman in 1960s Los Angeles is just leaving and leaving for the day and leaving her apartment completely unlocked. It's a terrible decision. People are, people are people are making across the hall. Oh, there's the key making, on the rack across yeah, the hall. People yeah, people are making terrible choices about security in this movie. No, well, right. but wrong. when she but when she got home, though, she pulled out that she pulled out that big ass knife. <laughs> she was ready. Yeah. But she still opened the door. Yeah, well, it was chained, but it because uh, her sister right. was yelling at her. Yeah. My seventy-six-year-old mother could break that chain. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there was no security there. No. Well, Mama Walde uh, misses her because he gets hit by a car, a uh, taxi, and so rather than since he can't get her, he just decides to uh, eat the cab driver. Juanita instead. Jones. That Juanita was amazing. Mama Walde getting hit by that cab. I- that was like, great. That was straight I out. thought that... her backing up was pretty great too. Which that was looked like, straight out of stupid as something. And then like he was like, "All right, well, calm down." And then she called him boy, and he like looked at oh, her, and she was like, it was, "But you it know was what? You yeah. can probably find her. Yep. She's probably around here somewhere. Let's look under the cab. Is she under there? <laughs> 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 That's like, that way. like <laughs> her life could have been spared." If she did not call him boy, as soon as she said, as soon as she said that, like his demeanor, like his body language. All of it changed, and it was just like, "Well, you about to get bit the fuck up." Because that's yeah. like the last time he expresses any reservation before going, "Like I'm gonna kill somebody." Like he has zero guilt or remorse about killing all these people, like none. So there basically, this dis- what I was gonna say: there was a disrespectful amount of bitch slaps in all. He had quite a few of those yes. going through the yes. <laughs> the movie. Just give it up the backhand quite a bit. <laughs> Yes, just the backhand. Yes, just it's like in close quarters too. <laughs> I'm a big fan of One whenever we get the uh, the classic Captain Kirk, uh, two hands intertwined, clubbing yes. someone. Oh over yeah, the- yes, yes. It's, a, it's an axe handle. That's what, that's what you call it. <laughs> yeah, now. yeah. I just double I, fist strike. I'm. I guess if we're adding commentary or social commentary, basically this white man enslaved him and turned him into a monster, and then he went about terrorizing a black neighborhood. Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, he has no hesitation about fucking up some police later. But oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't yeah. even I mean, bite he, them. He fucking nails that one guy with the barrel. That was good. That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> so funny. I audibly laughed at that. <laughs> yes. I really did. And then I stopped it. And I rewound yes. it and I watched it again and just cracked up. I like, need a gift of that. So if you make gifts, uh, just him picking up a barrel. Yeah, and ballooning that police officer, that would be great. Thank you. Again, I'm I'm actually thinking, I'm refer I'm I'm thinking back and I'm thinking like he does have a thought process for who he goes after. 
yeah like i don't think he's uh, he's he's maybe he's remorseless but he he's not completely ruthless because so let's talk about his next kill then because after this they go to the birthday party once again tina looks amazing in whatever she's wearing skillet shows up and also um the group that sings rock the boat is uh performing and they are the hughes corporation the hughes corporation they are like they're like you know like do what like they're yeah they're they make the soundtrack so okay so this is where you realize that the music is obviously not playing when they're recording the scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I was like, those are the most non-rhythmic Black people in a club I have ever seen in my <laughs> life. I'm like, you're not even adjacent you, to the song. You're not dancing <laughs> to the music. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're dancing to. And they were all dancing to different music in their own heads, apparently. I was just like, yeah. nope. I was like, cut, move on, next, next Yeah, scene, where was please. the brass section in that band? Again, uh, because they had to do it that way, because as we've established, they would have been incapable of playing music and not then just capturing that music in the mm-hmm. background. Yeah. Well, I doubt if there's one thing I want to go back to, it's like the police's first theory. It's like it's the Black Panther Party. Like, fuck off, cops. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is which basically, Gordon. which is what yeah, Gordon the, says. Yeah. It's like the Black Panthers. Really? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, your work gets sloppy now that he's a black person involved. And then the, the fucking police officer's like, only one of them was black. Ouch. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yes. I noticed they were gay, and that's why I'm not investigating. I yeah. Just- <sighs> the Panthers want with a couple of gay men, I guess, is what he says. And I'm yeah, like, I'm like, and a, and a lady cabbie. This is after. So I was like, are you saying, like, why would the Panthers want to kill yeah. them? Because that's a good yeah. question. Like, yeah, why that's would just they? like, but I, like, the Panthers wouldn't see- do that. The Panthers may be providing a communal breakfast and teaching classes on the values of socialism. That's, yeah, that's, you know. So anyway. Yeah, so let, let's talk about this party scene because oh, yeah. we, we do, we see the Hughes Corporation. We do meet Skillet, who <laughs> I guess they know, but we don't know from where. We He's don't just know what this... Skillet's deal is. He just introduces himself as Skillet, also big Skillet. Yeah, various points. He, he is just no reason to be there. Funky and pervy. You just make a new friend. You just have He's a, a party friend. Yeah. And just somebody just sit down next to you and then people are like, who is this? you like, that's big LA. That's what we call him. We don't right. but if I you know saw him in the grocery store, him. you would ignore him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he's a, a, he's a club of, friend. I'm a big fan of this friend who's like, well, I took four pictures. Time for me to leave the party and go home and immediately develop the, these photos right and this second. And was her house next door? Right I'm, next door. Same like it. Yeah. I'm you unsure if she was at work or not. She was at well, work. Yeah, well, she was at work because she was wearing the work outfit. She's a club like photographer, and that's how Skillet knew her. Right. Because yeah. Skillet's always there. She's always there. Yeah. Let, yeah. let, let, let okay. me say this. Let me say this about Skillet real quick. Nancy. For those that used to watch uh, the Martin sitcom back in the 90s, Skillet is the progenitor to Tommy because we don't know Skillet's job. We never knew Tommy's job. They just did things, but we never knew what they truly did. See, I thought you were going to talk it. about Broman because. He just oh, shows up. Oh yeah, he's also part brother man too. He's also <laughs> being progenitor for brother man from the fourth floor as well. I so just, it's like a, it's I, a I almost, of, I almost saw him brother man in these notes. I just it's, made it's, I just <laughs> made Jeremy watch the Witty Hutton World Tour episode <laughs> because I can't stop laughing through that one. So yeah. and also we we cannot forget about uh, Skillet's uh, saying 
you know, he is a strange dude. <laughs> when referring to Black, you know, he said that <laughs> twice. Yeah, I love how he keeps trying to get uh, Blackula's cape. He's like, I'm gonna beat him out of that cape. <laughs> so, so I'd like Nancy, to see you try, dude. Nancy's the next victim as yeah. she goes home to her dark room. We learned that uh, Mama Walde needs no invitation to get inside the house because I was like, oh, she's gonna be safe. She didn't invite him in. Okay, ho- hold on. Hold on. I, I do want to say how Mama Walde rolls up into this conversation. Yes, which is. Tina shows up at the party and she's like, oh, and he's yes. Mama Walde. You remember how I said that creepy guy was following me home the other yep. night? It turns out I just look like his dead wife. So that's why he was following me. <laughs> and, and she's so down. Came to my house and returned my purse and everything's cool now. Well, no, um, he returned the purse at the at the club. He just shows up at the shows club. Up, yeah. Yeah. No, she shows yeah. up with him. No, no, she, no, he no, returns the there. purse. Yeah, she's, she's there. But she's she knows there. who he is when he shows up. Like she introduces no, he, he introduces himself. Like they the problem is that there's the they have their first conversation where they actually meet. We don't actually get to hear. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, he just awesome. he returns the purse. They have a whole ass conversation that we don't get to hear. And then she strolls up and is like, hey, remember that stalker, dude? Turns out he's super hot. Yeah, Here, join us. Here, join yeah. us and order the Y'all most expensive champagne and then don't pay the bill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have never y'all have never had that happen before. Some weirdo is following you and then he turns out to be he turns out to be following you because you because look like, you his, look dead like wife. his dead wife. And you know, he just wants to get to know you a little bit. Well, I never lose my purse. So I mean no. um, um, well, a few yeah. times. I've actually I've been on both sides of that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Wait, so some you met somebody looks like so, your dead wife? Yeah, no, it wasn't because they because they look like my dead wife. It's because they look like Trent Reznor, and so I was like, "Hey, I fucking ran down the street the after this guy." Who is who is Trent Reznor? The, <laughs> the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails. He's a, he's one of the composers of the soundtrack of the film Soul from Pixar. Really? And the Social Network. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, like, I didn't know that until I, until like the my little Nine Inch Nails feed is like we did a Pixar movie, and I was like, I'm old. This is like me learning today that the guy from Blink One Eighty Two now writes songs for Machine Gun Kelly, and then my next thought was, wait, no, yeah, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> this feels Absolute like a straight sense. line from Blink One Eighty Two to Machine Gun Kelly. Absolute sense. Um, so anyway. Nancy, he needs no invitation. No, and he kills Nancy. I can only assume he kills Nancy because he knows what's going to be on that film that she developed. Which I think how? Just, how? how did he know? How? No. Photographs did not exist when he And he's been he's been out the casket for like 4 days. Like nobody's taken a picture of him and said, "Whoa, no." Three things. No, you. Three things. I don't think he gave a shit what was on the camera. He was pissed off that she was flashing lights at him. Oh, well, paparazzi we see, we, all in his We grill. see him specifically like grab the photo like he's biting her and then he's like okay now what i'm really after is this photo that well, i think his african nation had paparazzi a thousand years in ago, 1740 1740 just people painting his picture he said he was from nigeria and he was part of the abani tribe okay he did because i then decided to look up the abani tribe to see if anything else that they said like the names that they had had anything to do and no no black is in nigeria none of that had anything to okay do that was again because... his slave name <laughs> Again, that yeah. it has nothing to do with anything in the movie because that was entirely William Marshall trying to make this character better than right. right. 
Yeah. So the other thing is that there is a question about that camera, because I don't think that was a single lens reflex camera, which gives us some, it poses some questions about the nature of vampires in this universe. I don't think that we'd need to, again, candy on top, but you know, vampires in mirrors, can they be, they don't show up in mirrors. Whatever, his cape didn't show up either. Well, yeah, That's but I mean, like, once you once you have the clothes are part of you, then they're part of you. Like, you don't have to turn, this you don't have to take off your clothes and turn into a bat. X-Men rules, got did it. Not once, have again, the- once again, American International Pictures. Yeah. We got $15 and 15 days. This movie, absolutely. <laughs> Let's go. Did not know how have the technical know-how or budget to make just the cape float. Okay, just... I have a very important question. Okay. About okay, Emily, you said I had three things and I have my third thing. Okay. Girl was obviously still working while she was developing photos because she was still in her work outfit. And you know what? Developer is really hard to get out of sequined fabric. So she's got some skill, I guess. Anyway, continue. So I was like, okay, Nancy's not dead. Wait, no, she is because she killed the police officer who was there for what reason? He was there to deliver the documents about Bobby's. uh, uh, So that was Barnes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she bites Barnes, right? We don't see anything else. And then later they're like, Barnes, where the hell have you been? And I was like, Barnes is a vampire now. And it took so long to get to Barnes, like rubbing his face and then trying to bite people. But mm, that's that's what I was. Okay, so the thing I, that I was like. But am I the only one who thought it was weird that he was delivering the files to the club? <laughs> well, I mean, for some reason. It's fascinating doc- to me. For some I reason, that was what the them? doctor had requested. He's like, I'll be at the club. Bring him to the, bring the yeah. files to the club where I'll be. Yeah, and, and, and since, at and some since point, when, and since I'll be at the club all night. Been, and since when have police been that damn dedicated? Uh, what <laughs> to the scientific Paul? investigation division? Who? What yeah. does Gordon have over these people? He has such a he pull. Just peer pressures. He is just constantly peer pressuring Lieutenant Peters and this just like this is a movie this in which lieutenant. in which masculine black men get to tell people what to do or control the people around them. That's it. They just. That's it. Okay, so here's what I wrote that I forgot. I said, (laughs) Sam has a hook hand. Sam is the morgue guy. Sam has a hook hand. And then I said, is this Uncle Vanya's hook hand? Because I couldn't think of who wrote Uncle Vanya and had a gun. Who was it? Who's the guy? It's Chekhov. Thank you. I was like, is this a Chekhov's hook hand? I was very sad that there was nothing done with this hook hand. I looked it up. I'm like, maybe the actor had a hook hand and it's just like, and it's just like, well, we cast this actor and that's how it was. I know that actor very much had two hands. Two this hands. is just a weird ass decision. I costuming thought Juanita made. was going to get a hook hand. And then did we ever see a hook hand again? No. When all the vampires show up. No. That was, him, that was him smeared up against the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Juanita <laughs> is killed by sunlight there is no sunlight in that scene that is maybe a neon sign shining through the window i thought it was a neon sign too sunlight and time are very malleable concepts in this movie but but he did have a big ass cross yeah yes and she really freaked out at that cross yeah 
he had a big ass cross. So I'm like, man, you can't even find a cross that big at Michael's. So <laughs> he stole it from a church, probably. Because you didn't you know. check Hobby Lobby. You know, no, <laughs> no. Oh God. I'm sure they got plenty. Um, oh God. But um, Jesus. but but the thing is, is that I, I I think the reason why that dude had that hook is because he's part of the scientific division. And like, so science, I have a hook on my, I have a hook, on, a hook for a hand. So that's interesting. But once again, as I've said many times already, American just, just International. Go with it. Just you go just with go it. with it. You oh, just wait. go with it. He had a hook hand because they wanted to do experiments on a hand and they didn't have one. So they used his I like hand. It. I like it. Like that, that would not surprise me. That yeah. would not surprise me at all. Uh, so they killed Billy after picking up a bunch okay, of lives. No, so guys, so first... guys, is this where thing from the Adams family comes from? Is it this more mortician's hand? <gasps> <laughs> oh, Sam's hand. He just moved over to the Adams. Is, 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 is. Yeah, so we we it's meet Sam when connected. Gordon gets called into the, the holidays named after Sam Hain. When when Gordon comes into the the morgue to investigate Juanita, who is you know also died mysteriously and has some of the same stuff, and uh, he yeah this whole the whole scene in the morgue is is wild. But then uh, he finds that she has bite marks as well, and she doesn't have any blood in her veins. Uh, and then we discover that Billy's body has just up and disappeared from uh, the funeral home. Bobby's body. Sure, Bobby's body. Because Billy is still. Yes. Yeah. I, I've got him. I've gotten written down backwards here. I love Bobby's commentary though. Once the uh, good agent leaves, <laughs> that's the rudest. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, that mortician. It's like, was that your big break? Mortician was so funny. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> just, yeah. That it just stays on him after after he leaves, just so he can deliver that line. He did it and so I, well. I, I remember when, when when I was a kid watching this with my mom on regular television. That line stayed in. All really? the other, all yeah. all, all, the, all the other bad words were not in. Yeah, you know, oh, they, that they word was, it out. Words. But you guys don't understand. That word was used every week on the Jeffersons and All in the Family, like it was nothing. That yes. I, so it doesn't shock me at all. That that I I can't tell you how many times I've. One of my favorite it. episodes of the Jeffersons is about. Him talking about what would happen if um, Tom and Helen. can't remember her name Helen. Yeah, what would happen if they started arguing? <laughs> Man, this actor has like seconds, like the briefest moments to go from to pull off this joke of going from like totally subservient and nebbish and just flipping that on a dime. And fuck if that actor, he's got one line to sell this, and he, he fucking crushes it. it. Give sure that does, man an Oscar. Though. He deserves it. Um, so they killed Billy. Okay. So I want to talk about this though, because I was asking you about this. Because Bobby's body is missing. So he decides, I'm gonna dig up Billy and figure out if he's a vampire, because I think something vampire is going on here. And he recruits his wife, Michelle, can does I, not tell her what's going on. Can I read on. what I can well, I read he, what uh, sure. Did you bring me here? Did you kill a green? You didn't tell us wrong with you. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna like, go exhume a body. Come with me, wife. It'll be fun. Does not tell her to expect that there will be vampires. He absolutely sells it like it's going to be a date night. Come on, let's go. Yeah, she's like sitting there in the grave, like right now, and he's like digging up the grave, and she is straight up like throwing dirt on her. (laughs) She's like, "What the fuck is happening?" Oh, when he's like, when he's like, shine the light down here. That flashlight, which is clearly not on. (laughs) Yes. That movie made me feel that part of this movie made me feel weak because I kept saying to myself, I 
that would take me a week to dig that hole. I'm like, he <laughs> dug that hole in a couple of hours. Oh yeah, he was he was moving. He was moving, yeah. and but not even sweating as much as, as Blackula was sweating. It, just yeah, walking around. Sweating town. as much as Juanita Jones was right before yeah. she got up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, she was sweating because she was thawed. Uh, that was the sweat that was condensation. Oh, yeah. Oh, was that precipitation? Okay. Yeah. I was like. Yeah. Why is she getting all sweaty? Yeah, but, well, uh, that Blackula, was a... though, that's just uh, all natural William Marshall, though. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is that whole scene, I'm like, where are these chimes coming from? Like, what are these chimes? Like, is, do they have chimes? And then Brett's like, oh, that's the sound of thaw. Yeah, those are the crinkle tinkles of thaw. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. yes. No, but, but yeah. but Dr. When, um... Thomas doesn't sweat because he's just naturally too cool. Exactly. Exactly. But when he digs up that body and when that vampire pops out, and and Michelle is just screaming. I mean, just screaming. And and like he, you know, he get pulls out a stake, stabs stabs the vampire. Vampire falls. He's like, hold on, let me get the shovel and just like make sure this is nailed in. And I was just like, I I was like, damn. I was like, I, was I loved like, his his full body dive with the stake. That's what was was his yes, yes, yes. Like, yes, yes, whole body into yes, this. fucking the <laughs> jumping lunge stake. That yes. just I love like, Michelle right. yelling, don't kill him. No, don't kill him. Don't kill him. Because she's still thinking it. he's alive. Yeah. And I was like, girl, he just jumped up out of grave. What do you mean? Well, maybe but he was buried never alive. left her seat. I don't care what yeah. he was. She's don't jump up and be like that. Yeah, it, anyone, it takes a minute to process what's happened. Did anyone else think that Dr. Thomas was trying to like pivot right from that into making a move on his wife like yeah let's do it right here outside this like <laughs> open pit in the vampire court. i know you experienced something really dramatic yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he was getting very very romantical right there but i mean like i don't know well, uh, she was to bring her down from not having known that there was a vampire popping out yeah of he, she was like obviously traumatized she well, was like, into he divorce also... right there he also like low key tried to tell her, look, this shit is coming because I asked you to go get these books for me, request these books and bring them to me. And then Michelle was like, well, you got all of us looking like looking like we just wild people looking like we quote unquote crazy because <laughs> I didn't got these books and, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was trying to tell you he just wasn't going to tell you. And then then it happens. And then she completely freaks out. I'm like, the signs were here. Yeah, but he said, baby, I know you're not going to believe me, but I really think this man is a vampire. Okay, so just Mm -hmm. come, because he was like, I couldn't tell you because I knew you wouldn't believe me. And it's like, you could have, you could have said something and then said, I have proof. Right. (laughs) So the other had her screaming had her screaming denise nicholas sold the shit on me yeah she was freaking out no gordon no she had no no survival instinct no survival instinct she didn't even try to get up no survives the movie that would be well so i listen being assertive it's important when you're in a situation of conflict you do not uh you know when you're when you're unsure of your position but you have an attacker Sometimes it's best to be assertive, not aggressive, not the other one where you run away. <laughs> I can't like, remember the name for passive? it. Passive, thank you. You don't want to be submissive or passive and you don't want to be aggressive. You're just assertive. You stand your ground. She was being assertive. Absurdive. <laughs> the next thing he wonders after killing this vampire is like, oh, how do I convince the cops that there's vampires after I've just killed the only one I know about? Oh wait, bet Juanita's gonna turn into a vampire. 
We should thaw her out. I mean, I'm just going to leave this open grave with yeah, this big guy. <laughs> calls up the morgue and has them drag this woman out so that he can take his lieutenant over there. Hookhead, get the woman out, but lock the door. Lock the door. Lock the door, Hookhead. Yeah. He does, he does Can't not tell you why. I like how he's like, uh, I don't want to have to like wait for her to dethaw. I'm just going to call him and hope he follows instructions. That way she'll already be dethawed when I get there. Be efficient. And I mean, successful because we get that great scene of her running down the hallway in slow motion in slow motion oh, to, yeah. that was really cool. eat him yeah when they get there there's there's nothing left of him and she has apparently done a full like michael myers she's like eaten him and then gone back to the bed and covered herself up with a sheet to pretend to be a corpse again uh so that when they come in she can jump up and scare them it's much more interested in that than actually eating anybody i didn't uh, know that you got to keep your wig when you died Yes. <laughs> yes. It was part of her no will. She does not have anybody to look Ooh. after that wig after she dies, though. No, it's, they just I let her something. look at all types That wig of was a dependent. She fucking put that on her tax forms. I, I Listen, learned something. Juanita, I think, is an unsung hero of this film because she's a lady cabbie for starters. To be a, yeah, like. Have you ever met? I mean, I've met a few lady Uber drivers, sure. But like, I want to know, like, I want to see her, this story from her perspective. But what what was he implying that she was after? He said she was looking for something, looking for something. And I'm like, I, am I out of touch? What What is she looking for? Fares? What? I don't understand. Well, the lieutenant or whatever. Um, he's like, uh, lady cat. I think my understanding is that my, okay. So the way I interpreted it is that he was implying that her being a cabbie was just a cover freaker, but I guess like a hmm. mobile How would you do sex that? worker. I oh. don't know. I guess with an app, but those don't exist yet. Wait, either, wait, wait, mobile, wait, was... wait, 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 mobile sex worker. I don't, it's like a I don't book mobile, interpre- right? I don't think I'm interpreting this sort right. Of. But yeah. At least that's, how I poorly tried to figure out in in what way was this police officer denigrating Everyone? and minimizing the life of a human being and blaming her for her. All of the now, this, human is, this is the morgue yeah. attendant who is an awful person we've established. Oh, is he? Uh, I yeah. thought it was just the police officer. No, this is this is the morgue attendant because what I think what he's saying is that literally she was asking for it. She was, right, she was, she was looking to cabbie. have something happen to her because she decided to be a lady cabbie. Which is not any better than saying that she's a sex worker, but like. But fashion, talk about the yeah. driving her cab. Yeah. It was whoo, beautiful. It was nice. I would wear all of the clothes in this movie. I'm not going to lie. All I wouldn't them. pull it off, but I well, would of which, gladly. Would you need to? You know what? You just need to be. I assertive. just want that purple fucking cowl that <laughs> Tina had. Yeah. So, and okay, so, there was. Can I say something real quick? Sure. There was somebody in the club. There was a guy in the club with this entirely like violet and lavender ensemble. And he was wearing like an Egyptian, like cloth, excuse me, Egyptian hat or whatever. Like he was wearing. (laughs) I need to watch it again. It was like in fucking Zardoz. (laughs) But he was wearing like, it was like a fucking, like, like a, a shiny satin purple I was a fan of whatever kimono type of geisha type of getup Tina was wearing in the kitchen. Um, like everything she wore was later. awesome. Everything Tina also gets the like head thing that looks like 
chain mail like under yeah they like the cool hairnet thing yeah 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 so they they kill Juanita uh with non-existent daylight because it is clearly nighttime outside and they open the window and they're like ah daylight which keeps happening in this movie time just doesn't mean anything line visibly from our perspective it looks like he just waved across at her until she just crumbled from like died from jesus exposure which <laughs> fuck if that's not a mood i mean yeah <laughs> traditional southern move there that's just it's your post-christmas uh, mood <laughs> that's my but that's my post-christmas mood yeah so they they go back to the club in this next scene and mama walde is there again and skillet is there again okay can we talk about this scene where he was like do you know anything about the occult? And he's like, don't we all know about the occult? And he's like, but do you know anything about vampires? And he's like, only what all of us know about vampires. And he's like, and Mama Waldo's like, I <laughs> mean, yeah, no. there's, there's just so much implication there, right? So he's asking all response. these questions. Then he goes to Nancy's house, sees the pictures and goes, oh, Mama Waldo is a vampire. To which <laughs> Jeremy and I to be like, wait, why was he asking him all those questions at the club? Like, you, yeah, no, well, I love, no, his response to the vampire question is so much better. He goes, like, I think they're the most intriguing of all. <laughs> Vampires, they sound sexy. <laughs> they sound sexy and very cool. They're the coolest and sexiest of all occult things that you're What's talking up, about. I yeah. love this scene. This is, I'm like, this is this movie's diner scene in heat. These two are in this club talking about vampires. And this is after, and it's really funny because this is all after Mama Walde has come, to, has gone to Tina and been like, yo, Tina, I am a vampire. You are my dead wife, reincarnated or some shit, but I love you a lot. And she's like, I don't understand, but I want to. So let's bang. And he's like, gladly. And so, yeah. So that's where I was going before when I was like asking, did this all happen in the space of a week? Because she went. She took a beeline straight from running from her stalker to banging him in her apartment. She heard him speak. Well, like a couple of days. Yeah, you heard him. And speak. then if being full on was, in love. If Idris Elba was following me on the street, I'd be like, "Oh my god, somebody's following on the street!" And then he was like, "I'm Idris Elba," and I'd be like, "Oh my god, yes!" He's like, and love, then, you're my dead wife, love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The that scene is wild to me because just within that scene. She goes from like, I don't know about this whole dead wife thing. Can we talk about this later? And he straight up negs her. He's like, well, if you don't believe it, I guess I'm leaving. I'm going to get out of here. And she's like, wait, okay. I can't like leave with you yet, but maybe we can bang. Um, Well, that's the thing is that he's, I don't think that's negging. That's playing hard to get. (laughs) And he's basically doing, yeah. Like he's been like, okay, well, I guess, okay. In so much that playing hard to get is a real thing. Him being like quote unquote coy, coy? yeah, and he's like, oh well, well fine. he has. That he, line. He's more like, well, fine. Instead of like, oh, I don't think. Oh no, she doesn't believe me. Oh, but he has. So that line. I wrote be it like, down. You weren't that cute, anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe you want my dead wife after all. Yeah, <laughs> my, my dead, dead wife, wife is hotter than you. He gets away with it with a line that only works if you know that in any other situation this character's first response would be well i'm just gonna murder to get what i want where he says 
And he, it sound, it's so creepy, but and yet romantic. I don't know. It's all weird and fucked up where he says, like, you either come to me, you either come to me with love or not at all. I, I literally thought at that point, I, okay, I'll just say it. I was just like, okay, he, he legitimately must have digmatized her because I, I can't. I can't I, under, I can't justify right. her full on just being like, okay, bygones. I have, bygones. I have in my notes. Right. How yeah. good is that Mama Walde dick? He must have. Honestly, <laughs> out with it. Put it in a box, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I That's the only thing I can think of. I'm like, okay, clearly this must be the thrall thing. And they're like, yeah doing that because uh, i can't like, i can't understand this yeah the, killed, the, turn, the turnaround time on all this is quite fast like he yeah. killed bobby do they ever point out like hey he killed one of our best well, friends like, well gordon like, does tell her that later when she's in the kitchen she's just like and she does that little yelp thing where she's where, <laughs> i don't know if you all saw this because i actually rewound it but they were like yeah he's been killing innocent people but he got away and she goes <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah yeah I yeah, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um and so he tells her he's like yeah he's like actually he's killed like a lot of innocent people girl you did not she's still like but i love him but i love him but i want him he's like three times three times yes (laughs) and there's no level of like I can help him not kill us. He's just like, it's just like, look, them's the breaks. Look, I'm into this vampire. He going vampire. Yeah, he's a vampire. She accepts She accepts him. For just don't understand him like I do. Oh, God. And also, he doesn't seem concerned about the growing plague about the city. Like, I really thought I was really expecting when he was unwillingly turned into this vampire and he was supposed to be cursed with his hunger. I really thought he would like wait around to make sure he kills his, you know, Turnies. No. He doesn't get any of the details. He just gets turned and then shoved in a coffin. So, like, yeah. Presumably, he doesn't know how his powers work. I think this is also what you get when the actor is playing his character in a very, the writers aren't picking up on or the movie proper reacting to. Because there's enough for this, like, that we get from Mama Walde's introduction to have so much real thematic resonance and character pathos that. This movie isn't, isn't actually story. interested in the character having. Because especially um, like uh, after the cops, you know, the next thing is like the, the cops track dead Billy uh, back to the <laughs> to the warehouse. Say because they all like, look well, alike. You know, the, the coffin's there. The coffin's there. So we, if we find him there, we can kill him and it's the end. But instead they find Billy and all those vampires show up, right? Bobby. I'm can sorry, we Bobby. talk about... Again, it's all wrong in my notes. Sorry. I don't have anything deep to say about it. Just that one vampire in the orange hoodie who had the most insane eyebrows I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. there were some really cool little baby vampires in that warehouse. Well, and this Bobby's is the warehouse that, like, they start fighting and they just start setting things on fire with the lamps. There's your phosphorus and, lamps. Yeah. And, yeah. like, we, they've clearly okay. soaked everything in, like, lighter fluid in this scene because somebody gets hit with the lamp. They start burning and then they just start touching things and fires pop up everywhere. Uh, yeah, like because vampires yeah. are fl- extra flammable. Well, my first thought was like maybe it's like the lamps are filled with holy water that Dracula just kept around for some reason. I don't know. Oh, the vampires are just dry. But then like yeah. no, those things go like those things shatter the floor, the boxes, the walls. It's all on fire. Yeah, it has yeah. vampire dust on it, and therefore it's extra flammable. It's, it's like asbestos, except opposite. 
amazing and i loved it this whole final sequence in that, that warehouse great. is what again you got and then the reveal Blackula throwing barrels like well fire. that was before this Him is turned before into that. the bat yeah. Yeah, this, this is, is still the warehouse yeah, this is yeah. The warehouse. yeah this is still the warehouse yes the warehouse is wild because this is also where we learned that i guess our hero didn't know that mama walde was the vampire because they go to find the coffin and they find mama walde there and he's like you were the vampire and it's like i thought wasn't yeah, the yeah, i thought you guys knew that the whole time you were asking all those yeah. questions <laughs> because like and this is once again like when ben talked about the separation of this is what the writers did and this is what actor william marshall is doing when um you know blackula uh mom you know mama walde comes to the warehouse he just like he hops into the scene and like as yeah. if he as if he was a bat and then just came and hopped into the scene because remember up until this point we have not seen him turn into we a bat seen it. And, although in the credits we saw a bat like an animated bat in the credits yes. but we had not seen, him, those seen him turn into a bat yet right and and as me thinking i'm like wait a minute that's right we haven't seen him turn into a bat like did they not have the money to do that and it's like it's like i for- completely forgot about that but but you know, I, I but like then he explains if they had the money to do that. You know, he, he explains he's like, yo, my casket ain't here. He's like, I left I all this it. here for y'all to deal with. I'm gonna yeah. get what I want. And I then turn into a you. Yeah. You you actually gave me the idea to move it. Right. So. Right. So now I'm gonna turn into a bat, leave then turns into a bat. And I'm like, oh, and we, we discover what the cape is for. Yes, we got the special. Ah. So Mama Walde gets away. And so they decide how Gordon decides how they're going to trap Mama Walde is they're just going to use his sister-in-law as a honeypot. So they just lock Tina inside their apartment and shut down like three streets in the middle of L.A. I guess Mama Walde is not supposed to realize that there are literally hundreds of cops outside and just wander up. Um, Yeah. He bat transforms and lands on the roof and I guess talks to her either using uh, telepathy or like they, they just play like a high sound and she's like, uh-huh, where? Where do you yeah, want me to Yeah, submit to my dark power. Yeah, I don't know if he's like speaking bat language or he is just doing straight up telepathy. But she's just like, all right, cool. And wanders out the house and goes all the way and to the like, chemical oh, plant. follow the girl. Fo- follow her. And I was like, oh, they know. Um, okay. I'm confused about what the police's plans was. Because even though they now are fully aware that they're facing a vampire none of the actual uniformed police officers seem to have been informed like hey you gotta do a state thing it's like the cross you need some holy water they weren't prepared they were not they were just straight up like ah why is my gun not working against the criminal oh cops love shooting guns at people that was their first thing to go for they're oh, just like, ah, gotta shoot a gun. Uh, you but got I'm a like, black criminal on the run. Yeah, I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> <to> <laughs> these cops for nothing. How did they didn't even go with the Billy Club. I mean, they could have. Yeah. But let us not Stop. forget. Let us not forget <laughs> that you know when that scene starts outside that part, you know, outside the apartment, and like you know the cops have to like block off an area for you know, they say the they say the following. One of the cops says the following: "You people will have to get off the streets. You people." We'll have to get yeah. off the streets. And I like, because like I had my head down, I was like taking like a note, taking some notes, and I hear you people. I'm like, what the fuck said that? What? <laughs> this movie's relationship with Lon feels really weird to me, where like they seem to be aware of like the systematic like community abuses, yet our main protagonist is working hand in hand with the police and leading them. 
yet he's also technically not police. Like, I, I kind of can't fully track it. I he have seems this. to have a blatant disregard for the police, too. His, his sort of, like, yes. go-to move is go to the lieutenant and be like, hey, get me this. And the lieutenant, several times throughout this movie, is like, hey, other officer, get this guy this. And the other officers all seem like, the, the black guy? I'm doing something for him? He's the lieutenant's like, no, just fucking do it. He works for the scientific investigation <laughs> division. Every, so you he's will a get him. And when the lieutenant can't do something for Dr. Gordon, he's always like, it's like, please don't be mad at me, Dr. Gordon. I tried my best. You understand, right? You understand. I'm like, all right. Grow, We're grow cool, right? You're not, okay. you're not mad. The, I have the this. secretary for the, the, the lieutenant... She's thirsty. Is that his wife? Like when he drove up to the house and he was like, ah, sorry to pick him up like this. And she's like, ah, that's what you always do or something like that. Was that the same woman? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Because that secretary definitely was like, hey, Gordon. (laughs) But he came in and he's like, ah. She was. She was right to say so. She was correct. It was the mustache, huh? Honestly, that mustache was working for him. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, so then we go to the chemical underground plant. Yeah, she she calls them to Ace Chemicals uh, when they definitely explored this in Fallout at some point. It looked very familiar. I'm well, pretty sure this is where the Joker juice. was made. Oh yeah, that I too. Nevada acid here somewhere. Um, I do have this head cannon where Gordon is basically like just throwing the cops at <laughs> as sort of like a. A wall against the do it. Yeah, he's like, here, uh, let's see what we can do. Um, you guys, yeah, shoot him. So use yeah. a gun, look at him really chemical, mean. Especially in this chemical plant, they really established that Blackula is all about like fuck the police. Like yeah. he is killing police for fun in this scene. What did Throwing he say? The, this is where he throws the barrels at the guys. What, he and, said, he said, Gordon Thomas. You and all your friends, this place is your tomb. Your inglorious tomb. This place is your tomb. He's got his teeth in. But he does yeah. his own echo. That was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was so Boom. clearly not an echo. That was him saying the same word four times. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's for emphasis. Wild. For emphasis. Yeah. yeah. But it was pretty great. I liked the fact that the voice was echoing everywhere. Um, so they couldn't quite tell where he was coming from. But... Uh, he's got some good kills in this. And then... And speaking of commentary, the one person that the police do uh, actually manage to shoot is Tina. Uh, yep. A woman young enough to be there. Let's just face it. One of the reincarnations. I mean, dead wife, his dead wife like died, yep. starved to death, listening to him die. And he takes no time to mourn for her. He just gets up and he's like, hey, you're a good replacement. Well, he seems to think it's actually her, which begs the question of, did she wait a yeah. few hundred years to like respawn or has she been like, you know, coming back several times and he just hasn't been around and like a Badu type of thing. That's the wheel of time. Yeah. Cause I definitely interpreted that he is fully on board with like, you are the literal reincarnation of my yeah. wife. You are yeah. the same person as her. Yeah. But, and, and also at the same time, he's like, and when he has to like turn her into a vampire, he's like, look, I have no other choice. Yeah. He, he, he does say that. So, like I, so, so for the most part, it, you you think as far or you assume that yeah. he's just like no, I you're fine the way you are. I don't need to change. You know, I don't need to change you. You know, now if you decide to later, that's fine. But for now, it's you're fine. Let's just be together. 
He's like, look, I've got no other choice. In order for you to live, I got to do this. And pardon me while I go fuck up some cops. Oh, please go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. When I was just like, why did changing her turn her gray? Because when you're a vampire, you get... Wasn't it supposed was... to be eternal youth, though? Yeah, it's very Franken... Bride of Franken. Yeah. Because okay. like, hmm. she doesn't sweat as much as he does. She's just... So, I'm like, she has to It's like... Turning oh. her actually aged her. I'm like, she's got crow's feet now. I'm like, what What happened? But Where after they kill her. You kept talking about all the vampires being ashy in this movie. They look like, <laughs> have you ever seen the Proud Family? They come back and get ashy. Yes. Have you ever seen, they look like the blue Love sisters, the, the three blue sisters. Yeah. <laughs> I've never quite understood like the tears of vampires where it seems like at least Dracula could control, like there's like, the vampires slaves were more mindless vampires and then there's like full-on dracula full and then there's the ones who just look like this <laughs> okay that lady i legit could I was not you're opening that... your eyes wide and twitching for people who can't see what she's doing yes, that <laughs> lady, that, particularly i could not tell if she was a mannequin or just super fucking dead-eyed I had to rewind it. I was not sure if it was just a mannequin that they were like wheeling forward in the scene. Yeah, and, and so like they they find they find Mama Alday's coffin, and Gordon and, and the lieutenant are like, "All right, this is how we're gonna do it. You pull the thing open, and I'll stab her in the I'll stab him in the chest, and then we'll be done with Mama Alday." But it's not Mama Alday in there. It's Tina, and they've double killed Tina. She's double dead, uh, as as Oogie Boogie would say. But but, um, but once again. Why is Michelle there? Exactly. Is Michelle anywhere in this movie? She's a scientist. She works she, at the. She does she have also some works for the scientific investigation division. Right, but 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 after what happened at the at the graveyard and the response you got from the graveyard, is it really a good decision to have her along? They should have brought Skillet and promised him the cape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been Definitely motivation. Skillet. <laughs> Because, like, you know, Michelle is screaming, that's my sister, that's my sister! Ah! And I was just like, oh, God. Mm. Once again, Denise Nicholas is selling the living daylights out really? of this. Selling. Mm-hmm. Selling. Everything wish... must go. Right. <laughs> I wish she, she had doing... been in more horror movies because what a scream queen she could have been. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's wild to me is Mama Walde's reaction to all of this because when they shot her and killed her once, he was like, I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to kill all of you for killing her. And then they kill her a second time. And he walks up to see this. And uh, Gordon tries, <laughs> Gordon pulls out a cross. And Mama Wally's like, that won't be necessary. I'm going to go walk into the sunlight. Fuck you guys. Yep. Just done. <laughs> yeah, like, which is, you know, they didn't, they didn't beat Blackula. They didn't beat Mama Walde. They, they, yeah, he, he made the decision to, yeah, yeah. uh, um exit the his uh undead mortal coil i don't know how long the stairway is that goes to the outside because it was the middle of the night when this scene started and it is high noon when he walks outside time time is nothing the what the day night cycle in this movie is beyond fucking nonsensical they will just be saying it's day or night when it's so clearly visibly not and then we just have to go with it well that's because link was outside playing his song for the sun to come up and <laughs> then bother with a night for day filter in this yeah well i'm amazed this movie doesn't give us that classic filmness of like it's clearly filmed in day but we put a dark blue filter over it so let's all pretend it's night 
uh, once again, American International Pictures, they don't have those filters, fam. <laughs> yeah, fair. Mama fair. Holiday goes through the three well-known stages of, of vampire decomposition, which is normal guy, guy with bugs all over his face, and skeleton. Yeah, there was a little bit of steam on the on the bug face, which I was like, okay. Because, you know, usually at least they have a little bit of, I don't know, like dry ice or something. Not in American International Pictures. By the way, America is not international, but I appreciate <laughs> the, the aspiration. Um, but the, the the fact that he he just acted at the sun, and he was like, "Oh no, the sun! Oh fuck this! Ow, ow!" <laughs> and then that was that was him burning up in the sun. So he should said, we talk oh, about how there's a a whole precinct that needs to start rehiring police officers because they're all dead now at yeah. the end of Blackula. Well, here's like, the thing. Want- they got caught. Those actors got caught on fire. Those actors fucking were immolated with fire. But, you know, not this guy with the cape. No, the like- only person left at the precinct is uh, uh, the secretary officer. That's I the only person really, left. really... One guy had his spine crushed by that barrel, so now he's just on desk duty. I really want to see the spinoff where we find out what happens to old Hook Hand Sam. Sam is dead. Sam, Sam died Sam on the wall. Smeared. No, he, he smeared he, on the wall. He'll be there a was just blood there. I want to see the hook. The se- <laughs> that's the sequel. It's going to be Hookula. Well, it's Scream Back. Blackula Scream. Drinks blood out like through the hook. So, seems like a great time to transition. How does this movie deal with physical disability, guys? <laughs> not well. Not, not, not well. Not at all. Yeah. Sam has hook hand for reasons. For reasons. Also, Sam just is sort of monstrous too. He's like, he's just a shitty dude. Yeah. Actually, so you know what? So maybe this movie deals great. This person with a disability is a shitty police officer, just like all the other shitty police officers. He's not a police officer. He's, he works in. The he's morgue. a morgue morgue attendant, and yeah. his hook hand does not impede him from doing his job. They don't make a big deal out of it. It just is. He just has it. So what about class? How does this movie deal with class, guys? I think we found that out from the first N-word. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, we've got Next. a very pro-slavery Dracula. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but he yeah, got killed by Van Helsing. I think, interestingly, it doesn't do a whole lot straight up with class. It has a lot of like racial commentary in I, it. But I, it's disagree. Not I disagree. You've got dr gordon thomas who is clearly like you know he's educated and he's got a you know he's in a he has a wife and his best friend skillet his best friend is not skillet skillet's on a different Mm. level okay and all of the people that acquaintance named skillet yeah all of the people that mama walde like actually gets or kills are not like how does gordon survive why does Gordon survive that long? Why is Mama Walde never, never like, this guy is on my tail. He will not leave me alone. Let me go ahead and just in his house and kill him. Because this doctor is ready at any moment for a across the room lunging jump stake yeah, stab. Instead, Listen. he, as, the, as the, this great African prince, takes out people who are seen as beneath him i mean there's the female cab driver there are the two gay men he's you know he that's what gets frustrating 
for me is that he's like ultimate masculine. He's like peak masculinity. He's biting down, is what you're saying. Like this movie. <laughs> Yes. On paper, this is the story of a man who started out on a crusade to help his people and is who is forcibly turned into a violent blight on his. And we don't see him react to that or have really any feelings of any kind about that. No, no, he's just he's just been in a casket for hundreds of years. And all he has is an insatiable hunger until he thinks he sees his wife again. And then that's the only thing. Anything else is just stuff in the way. You know, it's just it's just a it's just a man on a mission to get back what he once lost. That's that's all it is. He's not worried about the slave trade anymore. Yeah. He never goes, how'd that slavery thing turn out? Yeah. Yeah. All it is, is the hunger. That's all that matters is, is the hunger. And then to replace the hunger. Is his wife is the is the person he thinks is his wife reincarnated? If that's that that's the new hunger, like that's it, like that is it, and that is all. And plus, the screenwriters are not smart enough to handle something that heavy. Again, like I feel like I don't mind Norman because I'm like, again, like the you come back and reincarnate your wife. This feels like some good classic gothic romance like stuff. But fuck it, just William Marshall just put so much that could be done like in that first scene that yeah. even though and you're totally right these writers could not have done it properly who knows what would have happened if they had tried but man if it doesn't just make you feel like oh what if someone took like another shot at this story yeah, well it's really I, go ahead uh, i was just gonna say i absolutely positively when he woke up expected every white person he came across to die for the rest of that film and there were a lot of white deaths but they were sort of like tertiary they're sort of like yeah well they're getting in between me and my lady so i have to snap a head or two Mm -hmm. but what the like you said before the mission was gone the the whole objective that you know was brought about in the first in the opening scenes you thought would you know i feel like being put in a coffin for 200 years would only add to my anger about slavery and the, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and yeah. the white man who put me there. So to come out, comes out, out of the, like, he comes out of the coffin with his fist held high. And just, exactly. most, <laughs> one of the most amazing scenes to me in the whole movie is when he's just laying out his backstory to Tina, just explaining like, and then I went to see Count Dracula to help me with the slave trade. And she's just nodding along being like, yup, no questions. I am just <laughs> all in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was like, Dracula's a myth. And he's like, no. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you say. Like, yeah, you're right. Okay. Talking. That was legit. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, on that end, uh, how do we feel about the feminism of this movie? Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 Juanita Jones. Juanita Jones is cool. Um, I love Juanita Jones. I don't know that this movie realizes how great Juanita Jones is. I don't think um, this movie realizes how great a lot of things are. And, and it, you know, and William Marshall's uh, performance is why we're all like, we we give a shit about uh, Blackula's whole plight, you know, and why we want more out of it. Otherwise, it'd just be like, oh, he's a guy and he's killing whatever. Like, the um, that yeah. character has pathos. And yeah, the writers couldn't have handled that yeah. deeper material 
William Marshall sure as fuck could have handled that material. I think a lot of the and a lot of the actors could have too. Like there was yeah. a lot of really yeah. fantastic performances going on that were just like shrugged off by the film. Yeah, um, and Tina's ultimately like she's the largest female character in the story, uh, part wise, and she's she's got nothing. She's got no um, internal motivation. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's a prop. Exactly. She's, she's a, a plot device and a prop. Do, yeah. Does yeah. great outfits count as feminism? I don't think no. it does. Well, <laughs> he could have been a very pretty lamp for all that matters in yeah. this movie. He just really wants his lamp back. Well, that's the thing is that everybody's got great outfits. That's it's true. not just the ladies. Tina's job. Uh, oh, question. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a good question. To, to wear nice outfits. To she's, wear nice outfits at the morgue. I, that's she, that's she, that's yeah. all. She goes to the nightclub. She's Maybe she's like a professional sister, mourner yeah. that works with the the morgue. So like when there are uh, funerals, they like pay her to be there. So they like you know fill seats. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so the feminism is almost as strong as the LGBTQ representation in this movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, yeah. we talked, about, we talked yeah. about Billy and Bobby, who are like, they're both great actors and they're fun to watch and then they're dead and uh, then we just get a bunch of F-slurs the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, there, anything that, that was positive about the representation, which is, you know, the performance of the actors and like the fact that the characters, you know, felt like human as opposed to total cartoon characters um was negated by everybody else's complete dismissal of their uh mm. who they were well, in their lifestyle actually it was the cops as well i mean well, the they talk about bobby you know he's dead we've known him since we were children like they're going over to his mother's house to find out if she needs anything um to help her mourn so uh ostensibly or we assume that they were still part of Bobby's life and were supportive of who Bobby was as a person. Yeah. Um, the funeral, like there's the funeral director like treats him. He's like, Oh, you know, we he, sometimes dead bodies look like this. Like there's nothing in anyone else's demeanor other than the police officers who complete her just like, why, are, why are anybody be interested in these guys? Um, well, Gordon yeah. does say when he's trying to defend the, the, um his theory that it's not the panthers he he calls them the, you know the, the f-slur mm-hmm. um but i yeah. feel like that's a little bit different context than the cops i um i do agree with you Lisa, that like yeah it's the homophobia directed towards them post-mortem is mostly used to present the cops in a negative light but I think just, I mean, just in terms of raw plot, like, man, this is so textbook barrier gaze. Yeah. Like, hey, if you went to see It Chapter 2 and you don't like, and you didn't like when they introduced the gay couple just to violently kill them off. Immediately. Like, it, Bobby and I was like, oh, Bobby. Oh, Billy. It's yeah. his textbook. Like, here is it is there. Like, this yeah, is. And It Chapter 2, it's literally the the pre-credit screen uh like intro sections so. like this is hmm. the trope like, yeah. like yeah, just, this, this movie is a lot better if you assume it's anti-cop like if you assume yes. all the like negative stuff that the cops do is meant to be to negatively reflect on the cops then like the whole movie gets better yeah. well i think yeah. that's where you can like even when they're blocking off the street and we're seeing just how disruptive a presence they are in the lives of like of the regular people living here that um 
you know, that horrible line that cop yells, like telling them like they need to like go back. It was like at every level. The, yeah, I think you're right. Like this movie is like, again, I do think it's weird just because how tightly the relationship between uh, Dr. Thomas and the police are. But it does seem to be like Dr. Thomas is using a distance to promote like cop like actions while still being against the cops themselves. Yeah, I hope that word salad made sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's go ahead. I was just going to say there does seem to be a bit of colorism how the beautiful women are depicted, right? The women who are um, sexually attractive are both lighter skinned. Um, and then there's what they did to my girl, Juanita. They just. She's a working woman, you know? Yeah. Didn't even park did. it, didn't even take her, her taxi cab and park it on the side street. Just left it right there. Am I the only one who's surprised that Skillet survived? Yes. Skillet was, I thought they were setting us up for Skillet to die. It's worth Skillet walking in that last scene and take the cape and walk out. (laughs) I I thought that was his only role. I was like, this man, he's destined to die in this movie. There's just no reason, no other way for him to to go out. I thought, I'm sorry. um, I'm sorry to interrupt there. No, 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 Uh, that was it. I just, I thought for sure he was going to keep pressing for the cape and try to get the cape and like, That'd be, and there'd just be that little scene where Mama Walde kills him and is like, stop asking for the cape. Mm-hmm. Like, I really thought after the credits were done, because the way uh, American International Pictures go- run, they normally just have all the credits in the beginning. And then yeah. at the end, they'll have like, this is the cast. Okay, American Inter- International Picture, bye. And I thought after that was done, it was going to fade out, then fade back into the club where Skill is just by himself, just like... You know, he is just, he was just a strange dude. And that's it. Does he show up in the sequel? No, no, no. In Scram Blackula Scream, it's a completely different setup. Yeah. In the sequel. That's what I heard. William Marshall's the only one who comes back. So, how did I believe believe it's about a voodoo cult bringing uh, Mamu all day back, which means that uh, Blackula and uh, Weekend at Bernie's have remarkably similar plots for sequels. (laughs) <laughs> now Pam Greer is in Scream Blackula Scream, so yes. you know, that's something to recommend any any movie. I wonder. Yeah. Do we do we have anything further to say about racial and social justice in this movie? Because I feel like that's been sort of the the through line of this movie generally. Is there was a lot of one and none of the other. <laughs> yeah. I, I think do you have, hit the nail okay. on the head there. I I felt. Do we know if the actor have we seen the actor that plays Bobby in anything else? I know he's in other stuff. But I haven't found a picture of him in other stuff. Yeah, uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. have a Wikipedia article. Um, let's see. It's it's definitely a very a rather short one. It's the you know, um, Let's see. He was he had an uncredited role in Sanford and Son. Uh, he was in an episode of Hill, and his last role was in an episode of Hill Street Blues. Okay. Yeah, because he seemed a bit made up to me. Yeah, his he was also in a movie called UFO UFO Aria. Yeah, and a compellingly Aria. decent film or something. I, I remember seeing the the poster on that. That's yeah, something in, I'm gonna have to. Black oh, Euphoria. That makes yeah. more that makes more Euphoria. sense Euphoria, as a pronunciation. Yeah. Euphoria. Euphoria. The 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 Batman villain. It's Kajabi. It's Kajabeast, right? <laughs> Hey, right. beast? Oh, John John Walker's new superhero identity of Usagent. Oh, that's how it's not got his name. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right. Um, uh, guys, do we think this is worth people watching? Should people go check it out? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
mind the mind the warnings but yeah yeah, yeah no there's absolutely yeah, yeah, i'm oh, sorry aaron go ahead no no please, please i was gonna say it depends on your race and how much you want to hate white people <laughs> <laughs> hey but if you want to see a cop get hit with an oil barrel from a high above that'll do it yeah <laughs> see him pick him up and like slam him back and forth like yeah cartoon character yeah like i i like i did watch that because i wasn't expecting that because like you know just the way it's filmed like you know and you see this cop down here i'm like what's going and you just see this oil bear just go (laughs) oh and like i I watched that like five straight i watched that part five straight times i really did yeah that's the one scene where them just capturing all the background audio really helps because god just that that's where you get a real echo of just this yes. thing, just this hollow ball just bouncing off this guy. And it's great. And he does it twice. Yes. I wonder how many takes that took. Um, uh, I, think they, I think they got that one in one take. Yeah. I, I would <laughs> That's I would some Sigourney Weaver with the this. basketball shit right there. Right. I would recommend people watch this because, uh, you know, it was short. It was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, never a dull moment. It's yeah. a good movie. Well, was it yeah, a dull that, moment? If, I, if it was, it was very quick. There were there were, the, there's not. Yeah, it's not um, a, a contemplation kind of dull moment that you <sighs> get in this movie. This isn't. I mean, this movie does get right to it. It's like, okay, we're in Transylvania now. We are in Los Angeles. Yeah, okay, this is not. Shit's this happening. is not a good movie. Yeah, but it's a fun movie. I for mean, sure. I. Yeah, absolutely I think that, worth watching. And I guess that's just a mark. And again, please let me know if I'm talking out my ass or anything like that. Um, I think it's just a mark of the genre. And it's something to commend for as much as we're making fun of like the cut corners and janky production elements. Like these were black actors and directors who were knocking doors down and making their own opportunities like. Hollywood wouldn't give them opportunities. They'd make their own opportunities and put themselves in the stories they wanted to see. And no matter, and I don't know, I just think that's always just something commendable about the whole, about the whole genre. Absolutely. Uh, On that note, uh, what do people have that they want to recommend? Sean, do you have any recommendations? Yeah. um, It's, I think this movie is along the same type of vibe or, um, or feeling, you know, or, you know, as far as camp, Granted, it's rated R. It's not rated PG, so you, it's a little bit more excessively violent. Uh, it came out in 1976. It's called JD's Revenge. It stars uh, Louis Gossett Jr., um, Glenn and Glenn uh, Glenn Turman. Uh, Glenn Turman, as we know, was the uh, the general, the retired uh, military general on a different world. Um, uh, and and, um, and so. Um, Basically, the story is, is that uh, although notorious New Orleans gangster J.D. Walker, who's played by actor David McKnight, is shot and killed in the 1940s, his spirit remains restless for three decades until a hypnotist supernatural nightclub act allows him to take over the body of Isaac, played by Glenn Turman, um, who is, and Isaac is a mild-mannered law student. But after an, in, uh, inhabiting Isaac, um, Walker you know now as Isaac decides to hunt down the rev the Reverend Elijah Bliss played by Louis Gossett Jr. who is a former criminal uh who helped the authorities find and assassinate the mobster many years ago. So uh it's uh rated R it's quite corny um it's an hour and 35 minutes long so it's short and uh that would be my recommendation. 
Awesome. I haven't heard of that. That's it's it, it it's it's not good. It's not bad. It's just there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a soft spot for those kinds of. It's not Blackula, but it's not Blackenstein either. So yes. <laughs> Fine. Oh goodness. Uh, Aaron, what have you got? Listen, if you want queens, you want black people, you want bright colors and music, go watch The Wiz. Yeah, I uh, love The Wiz. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. The Wiz. It's, now, that, wasn't it directed by Sidney Lumet? It's directed by Sidney Lumet. I, I believe it was. Because if it was, I want to say that it was. Hold on, let me see. I got Because... If, if it was him, he really put his foot in that Yes, movie. it was. It was Sidney uh, Lumet. Yeah. like That, that he, movie keeps coming on like every other weekend, and it's something about that hypnotizes me. I'm just like, well, I'm in. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep yeah. watching. He put, he, put, he put his whole foot into that movie because... And I, instead, I always will wonder to this day what that movie would have looked like with Stephanie Mills instead of Diana Ross. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it was a, I, that was one of those definite decisions. Like, hmm, Diana Ross is, is how, how do I want to say this? She's a great singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Ross's, I was going to use the words again, aesthetic was much closer to the audience they probably wanted to bring into the theaters to make yeah. money than say a Stephanie Mills. No, I understand. Oh, no, no, trust me. And plus you had Barry <laughs> Gordy as one of the producers. And so well, there's that. That on top of it. Oh, yeah. There's that. Yo, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. But yeah, now I got to watch. Alicia, what would you recommend people check out? Okay. Well, if you want a bad vampire movie, a bad black vampire movie, I recommend Vampire in Brooklyn. It's terrible <laughs> and uh, hilarious. Yeah, hilariously bad. Um, yeah, All that's pretty once. much it. <laughs> Mm. All right. Uh, ben, what have you got? Uh, I am going to recommend Dolomite is my name. Uh, Eddie Murphy's 2019 biopic about Rudy Ray Moore and uh, the focus around the making of the movie Dolomite. Uh, really just a funny, funny movie with an amazing cast. And really, Eddie Murphy's just absolute love letter to the black exploitation genre. So uh, you know, if you want to just learn more about this era of movies and just see it from made by people who clearly have a lot of love for it, then Dolomite is my name. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emily, what have you got? Um, I was just going to go with Candyman. Um, I, I think it's a lot better. Produ- I mean, it's that's an unfair comparison, but um, we we have an episode about it. Check that out. Um, but it's another really interesting story about, um, supernatural vengeance and, um, a little bit confounding as to why, uh, the community that, um, the, the black community is being victimized by this spirit, as opposed to specifically white people, uh, it's a question worth asking, um, in the Candyman franchise, but, um, the original Can- Candyman movie, I haven't seen the new one yet. We will be getting to that, um, but I highly recommend it. Uh, both just if you like Blackula, if you like Clive Barker, if you like movies with really strong, uh, or I should say, complex discussions about um, uh, social justice. Yeah, the the, the original is, is great. We have the episode on that, and the uh, new one, the Nia DaCosta directed one, we'll be talking about in three weeks. So. If you're listening to this now, come back in three weeks and you can hear us talk about the new Candyman. Yes, um, and like I said, uh, 
William Crane directed this movie. He's one of the first black directors in horror. And uh, he's also cited as a big influence by uh, somebody who we've, we've talked about on here. And we won't be doing any of his movies just this month, but we have talked about uh, Demon Knight and Ernest R. Dickinson, uh, who is fantastic. And I think if you like Blackula, a good watch along that's uh, about uh, 20 years later is Bones, um, which is, again, not a great movie, but it does feature Snoop Dogg as a uh, dead gangster returned from the dead. Uh, yes. And his, his, uh, you, you had me at Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I remember now. I remember yeah. now. Okay. I haven't he is seen also, it. he is also as uh, Blackula will be in the sequel in love with Pam Greer, which who can blame him? Um, they carry that over to the L word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, is it's, it? you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, right. We're all right. Yeah. Bones, <laughs> Bones is so beloved that the character that Snoop Dogg plays in Bones showed up in the uh, in the video game for the uh, the Def Jam rappers uh, fighting a, game. Fight for New York or a Vendetta? I think it's Fight for New York that okay. uh, I think he's just I think he's either called Bones or Jimmy Bones in that because it's the character's <laughs> name is Jimmy Bones. Yeah. But it, it's basically like Snoop Dogg dressed up as this character who shows up as like the boss in that that game. Now I want to play the ultimate rapper video game 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. Is Bones in it? No. No, no, but it is a movie where 50, where uh, 50 Cent shoots his way through the Middle East in order to get back a diamond encrusted skull that he got as payment for doing a concert. But then someone steals from him and he decides to murder just hundreds, if not thousands of people to get this skull back because it has it's shiny and he wants it. That doesn't sound Very problematic at all. Wow. But uh, but yeah, do check out Bones. I don't know if you want to check uh, if you want to play Blood on the Sand or not. No, um, I mean, well, well, maybe watch a Let's Play. It was a PS2 game, I think. It is a thing that exists. Early PS3. All right, uh, so that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, I want to want people to uh, let everyone know where they can find them online. Aaron, where can people find you and your work online? On Twitter at Aaron J Amos and on Talking Comics every week. Yes, and if you're not already subscribed to Talking Comics and you're listening to this podcast, why aren't you already subscribed to Talking Comics? Like, we've had everybody from Talking Comics on here. Steve and Bronwyn <laughs> are on here all the time. So, what are you doing? Uh, Sean, where can people find you online? Um, online, you can find me on Twitter at Sean, S-H-A-W-N-R, Pryor, P-R-Y-O-R. Um, you can find me on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash Sean Pryor. And um, a website, uh, seanpryor.com. Awesome. And what about you, Alicia? Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Alicia Whitley, where I mostly tweet about education because that's what I do. Awesome. That is what you do. And also occasionally you tweet about me, make fun of me. Um, as for the rest of us, you can find Emily at <laughs> Megamoff on Twitter, Mega underscore Moff on Instagram and at Megamoff.net. Ben is on Twitter at Ben the Con and on their website at BenConComics.com where you can pick up their books, including the brand new Immortals Phoenix Rising, Phoenix Rising graphic novel from Great Beginnings. And you can pre-order the upcoming Blows Against the Empire graphic novel. And finally, for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrome58 and my website at jeremovitly.com where you can check out everything I write. And of course, the podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified. Our website is progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm. And we're on Twitter at Prague Horror Pods. You come argue with us about uh, what we have to say about all these movies or just compliment us on our great taste. 
speaking of loving to hear from you, we would love it if you rate, review, and podcast. We would love it if you would rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening to this. That's the easiest way for us to reach new listeners. Uh, thanks again to all of our guests for joining us. Aaron, Sean, Alicia, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you so much. Thank you all Thank so much you. for coming on. It was a blast having this you on today. Fun. Yes. And yes. Thanks throw, again. Throw, throw a barrel. Throw a barrel. Throw a barrel. I will. Throw a barrel. I will. <laughs> and thanks again to all of you for listening. We will see you again back here next week when we'll be talking about Eve's Bayou. Until then, stay horrified. Progressively Horrified is written and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode featured Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, Emily Martin, Aaron Amos, Sean Pryor, and Alicia Whitley. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and not intended to represent the intent or opinions of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and is provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Support us on Patreon or contact us on Twitter at Prague Horror Pod, 